I wonder if, like us, you started out lockdown with the intention of playing lots and lots of board games. Well, after three rather grumpy, one-sided and competitive games of Monopoly, we looked for a more cooperative alternative, and we've started doing jigsaws. We just started our third, a massive one of the Matterhorn, which will probably take us till Christmas. The thing is, when you take all of the pieces out of the box, I think this one's got 2,000 pieces, and you see them in a heap on the table, you wonder how will they ever form the picture that's on the front of the box. You have to take it on trust that it will. The two disciples we meet on the way home from Jerusalem to Emmaus are deep in conversation. The thing is, they have all of the pieces they need. They are just struggling to fit them together, struggling to believe that they will ever form a picture at all. I think we need to imagine them turned into one another, walking slowly along the road, deep in conversation. And the risen Jesus comes up from behind him and easily overtakes them. And he says, what are you discussing together as you walk along? He wants to know what the, the subject of their journey is. I think they're a bit startled. Not only are they startled, they're so deep in their train of thought that they, they, they almost can't compute what he says. How can he possibly be coming from Jerusalem and have no idea what they're talking about? And so Jesus simply says, what things? And starts walking again and draws the two of them after him. Then it all comes spilling out. All of the pieces of the puzzle come spilling out. They tell him that Jesus was a prophet, that he was powerful in word and deed. They tell him that, the, that they had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel, but that the chief priests and their leaders had conspired to get him crucified. It all comes spilling out, I think, in a torrent of words as they are talking, as they're walking along. Then they talk about what's happened after. So that happened on Friday, then there was a Sabbath, and then they said, and this morning we've been hanging on in Jerusalem because we're supposed to be coming home all day. We've been hanging on in Jerusalem hoping that it would all make sense. Because some of our women went to, the, went to the tomb, they amazed us, they couldn't find the body, they had a vision of it, of angels. We just don't understand what's happening. We've got all of these pieces, but we just can't fit them together. Jesus then starts to fit them all together. As they're walking along, he goes from being the listener to the one who's speaking. He starts to fit it all together for them, showing them from the scriptures how all this needed to happen, how it had been prophesied, how it had been God's plan throughout the ages. It's like he gives them the picture on the front of the box and suddenly they start to see how all of the different bits of the puzzle start to fit together. They come to Emmaus. They come to the place where these two live. They come to their home. And in that moment, Jesus makes it clear that he's going to walk on further. He has got further to go. But they press him to stay. I think that's really important. Jesus was going further, but they press him to stay. They welcome him into their home and in a way into their hearts. He obviously takes off his outer garment 
Um, he sits down at the table, he takes up some bread, and in that moment, the sleeves fall from his hands. Remember, the, the, the marks of the nails were above the wrist. As his, as his wrists are, uh, are revealed, in that moment, in the breaking of the bread, in that characteristic action, they see the wounds, they see the characteristic action, and in that moment, they recognize him. You might think, why haven't they recognised him until now? Well, when we first first see them, they are downcast, their, their faces are turned in towards one another. Um, Jesus was almost certainly wearing a hood because it was uh, towards nightfall. Uh, and the other thing to remember is it's hard to recognise people out of context. All apparently I need to do to not be well recognised is to wear a hat and grow a beard. Then nobody has any idea who I am. In that moment, as the sleeves fall back, as he breaks the bread, as he see the wounds, in that moment they recognise who he is. And then, although they've been walking home to get home before dark, we're told they run all of the way back to Jerusalem to tell everyone else they've been with that day. We have seen the Lord. And when they get there, they see that others have seen him as well. What does this all mean for us today? I first think, just see that difference between Jesus coming alongside them, walking with them, the gentleness that he accompanies them, even though in a way they're going the wrong way, he comes alongside and accompanies them. But then notice that the fullest revelation comes when they welcome him into their homes, into the, when they welcome him into their hearts. That's when the fullest revelation comes. God doesn't force his way into our lives. There are invitations, there are times when he comes alongside us, times when his presence is much closer to us than others. We have opportunities to say yes, but he doesn't force his way into our lives. He loves to be invited into them. They have the fullest revelation when they don't just walk with him, but they welcome him into their hearts and into their home. I wonder if that's an invitation to us today, not to expect that God will force his way in, but to remember that he loves to be invited in. Jesus gives us the right to approach God with freedom and confidence, uh, but God loves to be invited in. Is he wooing you? Are you hearing that invitation? Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time for a while. He longs to be invited in. That's when we have the fullest revelation of his love, his character and his presence. Is he knocking? Are you going to welcome him in? The second thing is, are you feeling like you've just got a massive lump of jigsaw puzzles pieces in front of you and you just cannot make sense of them? I think many of us feel a little bit like that. Uh, life has changed, we don't know how long for, we don't know what life will be like on the other side of this massive change. It feels like it's, we're struggling to fit things together. If you're feeling like that, just remember this story. Remember how Jesus makes sense of things for them. They have all the pieces. Jesus shows them how everything fits together. And then Jesus reveals his presence and his love in a new way. That's what brings it all together. So as we face a jumble, as we face a time when we really can't see how everything fits together, I want you to remember this verse. It's from James chapter 1. It says, If any of you lack wisdom... 
any of you lack any sense of how everything fits together, if any of you lack wisdom, ask God. God gives it generously, generously and without finding fault. So if you're in that place of really not understanding how everything fits together and being fearful about whether it ever will again, invite Jesus into your heart and into your home and into the centre of your life and ask the Father for wisdom because it gives it generously and without finding fault. And you'll have a picture, you'll have a sense of how everything fits together both now and next in your life and crucially in eternity, for that's why Jesus came. Thanks for listening.